Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Forbidden Cinema. Yes, this is our deeper dive. We're not sure if we love pop quiz. We'll see how it sticks, but definitely taking this time to circle back after our second episode, which was Dirty Dancing. Hope you enjoyed it. And answering some questions that we asked during the time, take a minute to de- devolve on it. Yeah, we, we love the concept of a pop quiz. We love speed, as we've we've mentioned Keanu Reeves, we've mentioned speed, we've mentioned all of that in every episode so far. But we're not fully in love with the pop quiz name. We're thinking about maybe trying out Deeper Dive. We're not a fully sex-based podcast, so we don't want to go too into that. But uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, basically, we just want to have a quick, you know, maybe at some point this will be when you guys have questions that we'll answer. Um, but right now, it's just questions that we brought up during the episode that we wanted to answer. Some of them relevant truly to the movie, some of them just asides and a little personal and quirky. But that's where we're going to be doing this. Okay, so we did Dirty Dancing on our last week's episode. And so we have some questions that we left off on. First thing that I've got on my list here is Jenny's dad and Patrick Swayze slash Harrison Ford. Are they the same age? Right. So we did the we did the research and Patrick Swayze is a year older than my dad. That blows my flipping mind. I don't know how to comprehend that. I don't know how to You don't know how to comprehend that. that. So I'm just going to move on. You right. can do you can do whatever you need to do to process that information. I mean, but I I'm don't, just going to shut down and go on with life. I mean, I don't think that you really have any processing to go along with that. I mean, this movie was pivotal. Patrick Swayze was super sexy and ev- you know, everything to a young a uh, developing girl, and he was a year older than my dad. Um, Harrison Ford, by the way, about 10 years older than my dad. But going to be honest, uh, Han Solo, Indiana Jones, super important too. They're not, they weren't forbidden. They were staples in my household. But they were encouraged. They were. They and were... I'm not exactly sure what we should do with that. Uh, I do have a set of cufflinks that say, I love you. I know that uh, she got me one year. and uh... So, yes, that relationship has... I would say the Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones and as Han Solo has been more instrumental in the way I view relationships than Patrick Swayze but Patrick Swayze was hot and the fact that he was a year older than my dad at the time is weird it's unusual to think about you as an 11 year old girl and what sort of things were causing things in your brain to tingle but <laughs> i am well i wasn't really... 11 years old when I, I mean when i saw this movie i don't think i mean this movie came out when i was six i mean like you said i didn't see okay, it okay okay let's i did not see it immediately when it came out can I... you give me 11 11 is 11, yes. creepy but well we've known each i other married since... you so it's kind of okay well and we've known each other since we were 15 and we were both 15 so anything around like that was that's still okay all right fantastic it uh yeah so just thinking of what sort of relationships that your parents thought were fine for you to see and what sort of relationships were off the table 
it's a little i don't know what's your thoughts on that I, I really think that probably sex had a lot to do with it. Mm. Um, Han Solo and Princess Leia don't have sex. Indiana Jones and Marianne. I think Ben Solo would disagree with that. Well, yes, but we don't see it. We don't see it in it. And we, we I don't even, we barely see them kiss. So it's more of an action movie. There's love there. There's tension there. There's romance. Romance was totally allowed. What are you afraid of? Me? I'm not afraid of anything. You're trembling. <laughs> uh, my hands are dirty, too. <laughs> okay, so um, should we just get out of this as quickly as possible? Right, let's just like moonwalk away from, from this real quick okay. and go on to our second topic that we brought up. So were fishnets a thing in 1987? Were fishnets a thing in 1963? Were they? I don't know. Did you look? I unfortunately deep dove fishnets as well. Was not the best reference for okay. this, but I have seen pictures of is it Gypsy Rose? Is that yes, correct? Yes, Gypsy Rose wearing a fishnet bodysuit in 1933. Okay, fishnets became a thing in the 20s and 30s and okay. were very popular by the late 40s. So it right. was kind of old news by 63. Well, there we go. I mean, that's that's interesting because they don't they're fishnets are just for or they're just ornamental. There's nothing about them that do anything. So that is that is interesting. They ornament great things and they <laughs> ornament them well. I guess so. That's true. Sorry. All right. So they were definitely then part of dance culture. Um, I, I will say like that whole dance montage, like while they're wearing fishnets, because they're only wearing fishnets while they're practicing in the whole like rolled tights and cropped shirt and, and, and all of that with the, with the, the dance, the ballroom dancing shoes. Which yeah, fishnets I'm, seem more like something you would wear during the performance that you wouldn't wear during your practicing. feels like you just wear bog standard tights when you're practicing and then you get ready you throw your makeup on you put your hair back you get your bun going you spray it all down you get your crazy eyeliner and your crazy face going on you smile and you throw your fishnets on for the performance yeah i agree but they were definitely trying to create this like whole dance vibe because there is something about being a dancer and like and practicing and and what you wear that what you wear when you're practicing is just as important as what you're going to wear for the actual performance meaning it has this whole vibe um can it be like torn up and kind of trashed yes that can very much be the vibe Woo, too okay <laughs> i mean i think it's kind of a rite of passage you're like look at my tights they're like i've worn them so many times and like put this dance through the ringers that like it's it's kind of I've earned this tear in this tight that that's something about all of that. But, you know, I don't want to get too crazy, but she was a dancer. I was in marching band. And if there was people in torn up fishnets and marching band, that would have been problematic. Well, you didn't wear torn up anything during the performance, but it was it was kind of you were so badass 
that you had torn up shit like while you were actually dancing. I you guess know, marching like, band was the first time where I knew what a sports bra was. <laughs> I mean, we think of like Barishnikov. The I, I mean, even if you don't know who Barishnikov is, who's he was a famous Russian dancer. He Sex made exactly what, made what, 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 uh, what? an appearance as one of Carrie Bradshaw's lovers in Sex and the City. But one of the most iconic posters in the eighties and nineties of him dancing, or really not even of him dancing, but is him in ba- like ballet slippers that are have duct tape on them. And that's kind of the whole thing. Like, you're going to dance. Like, it doesn't matter what's there. You're going to, like, dance hard. And, like, you're going to, your stuff's going to get torn up. And you're still just going to do it. You're going to have your leggings and your leg warmers and your, you know, your tights and your, you know, whatever it may be. So they're really trying to create some sort of vibe about, like, how hard they're working, I think, with that whole look. All right. So we did watch on YouTube uh, Patrick Swayze's scenes from Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Yes. Tell me your response to that. It was a little nebulous as to like what his relationship was to this dancer who I guess was the main character. And, you know, he was being kind of a sage dance partner. I mean, he could have been her dad, honestly, because she even like makes a remark, you know, Oh my! Where you know he he's like where did you learn your frame? You're, and he she says my parents were dancers. And he, she could have been making some sort of like cute flippant remark about him that we don't you know we don't know. But I guess you said when we looked up the cast, he's just listed as like dance instructor. And this movie is a prequel technically to the original Dirty Dancing. It's set in 1958, five years before Dirty Dancing. So this is obviously not the same character. Uh, we did investigate Rotten Tomatoes ratings because both of our films have had somewhat unnecessary yeah, sequels. And we did look into that, and both sequels are kind of viewed the very similar way as a extraordinarily unnecessary, but that the person who was reprising their role from the original pretty much showed out. Yeah, I mean, he he was fantastic. I mean, it was he was dancing, and he kind of you know gave her some advice about dancing, and and danced with her, and kind of broke down her walls or whatever it was. It didn't, it wasn't sexual in any kind of way, um, which was great. I don't think that's his part in this. He Why? was dying at this time. He was, which and is just he just showed up, and he could still dance like an angel. He did. He and was gorgeous. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I don't really care to see the movie like we watched 20 minutes of basic instinct 2 i don't really care to see the movie but i was just so happy to see him in it again yeah it was nice It, it seemed odd to kind of come up with a movie concept that and you had the opportunity to use him and him be in it and not him have him truly I mean maybe there's a lot of questions to ask if he reprises his role as Johnny do we have to like address where baby is do we have to do all of that and maybe we just want to see him and associate him with this franchise and maybe that's all that they really wanted which is fair I suppose okay so we went also a big unanswered question was the wreck I kind of thought that Matthew Broderick had had a few too many pints and murdered a family and Jennifer Grey was there so we looked into that, and, you know, retractions where retractions are due. Matthew Broderick doesn't seem to have been drunk at all. He was driving on the wrong side of the road, and 
crashed into and killed two generations of a family. And so there is that. Uh, Jennifer Grey did have some surgery after, was injured, but it is very unconclusive reading trashy paparazzi dirt sheet reports as to whether her nose job was related to that or not. It appears it probably wasn't, but it also appears that she's had some survivor's guilt from that, and uh, we were making fun of it, and I probably not very funny so apologies where apologies are due yeah it seems like i mean no job happened around the same time and i'm sure there were a lot of rumors associated with that one way or the other her acting career really taking a step back not because she felt like she needed to make some face alterations but but that she just didn't want to be in the limelight because she felt responsible which is sad because she's a phenomenal actress and i do know that she's popping up here and there now and i hope that she 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 gets to reinvent herself. So last thing that we're going to look at uh, looking back is we're going to look at the trailer and talk about do we think it was selling us what we got. We're going to hit pause here for just a moment and we'll be right back with you. Okay, and we're back. We just watched the trailer for the first time that I can think of for Dirty Dancing. Probably. I mean, probably saw it as a kid, but don't really remember. I do think it, the trailer, I mean, again, opening with the classic Ronnie Spector and that kind of slow motion black and white um, of the dancing. It is more about the quote unquote dirty dancing. I think that this the trailer really kind of promises or makes you think that there's just going to be this whole ragtag group of dancers that like nobody wants anything to do with um especially at the end you have everybody coming in kind of in that group kind of strut down down the aisle with Patrick Swayze at the helm and that's not really what happens it's really you you asked me you said should this have been called dirty dancing I'm not sure I think that the dirty dancing part we we would have seen more issues with the Kellerman's chastising the the team the the dance crew for their dirty dancing or um them getting caught dirty dancing or more more of more of that but that just seems to be like what they do on their own time and no one seems to really truly have any problem with that i'm new to this film and i feel like watching the trailer after watching the film for the first time it really feels like I got exactly what I signed up for. So good on them. I, I feel like they really told us what to expect, and it was great. I mean, I think that I think that this trailer was a better trailer than the Basic Instinct trailer. Well, I think that because having music that is so oh, the integral. Music. Oh, the, the music. The music is so good in this movie, and it's so integral part of the movie, and that being the background of the trailer, where ba- Basic Instinct doesn't really have... I mean, it has your film noir kind of trumpeting, and... Let's just be fair. We've had two movies that have been up for Oscars for music. That was a... Basic Instinct was up for an Oscar for music? The score for Basic Instinct I mean, was up score, for an Oscar. The score is great. And this film won an Oscar for Time of Your Life as the, the best song written for a motion picture. It's fantastic. It, it's good stuff. I mean, you get half of the um, the Righteous Brothers and... Uh, we, we, we talked about this. Is it Jennifer Warren? This was your choice. Mm-hmm. And this was your I'm In right. movie. This was your moment to defy your parents. 
what is your final thought? I think that this one, this movie is fantastic. It's uh, to me, it holds up. It still has all the feelings. I still, you know, love that love story and wanted to see it succeed. I think I appreciated some other aspects of it as an adult. Um, got to be honest, the, you know, the father daughter kind of dynamic was, was touching in a different kind of way. Definitely still proud to be part of this club of of those of us who saw this as probably pre-adolescence and it did its work to form how we saw love, how we saw sensual, steamy moments, and, and maybe some of you guys benefited from it. <laughs> Oh man, uh, yeah, um, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is normally stuff we get out of a podcast when we're just saying um, 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 um. But I feel like this is important. <laughs> so that was my movie. I mean, we'll have plenty of like flip flop back and forth. But so, what was the movie for you that you felt you needed to see to be part of of the 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 zeitgeist in in your school on the playground whatever it was okay hold on folks we are doing a 180 here we are actually going to what is apparently the best reviewed film that we have watched so far which blows my mind (laughs) (laughs) i am going to subject my lover to a movie that i'm not sure i have actually seen except for Maybe a TBS cut in the early 90s. We are going to watch the film that absolutely blew my mind. The movie I needed to see. The movie that I was the only person alive who had not seen. (laughs) We are going to watch Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors. All right. All right. I'm game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have no idea what you're in for. I haven't seen this in 25, th- 29 years. Oh, man. Why is that a thing? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So we are going to watch that movie. I hope that you guys will take a moment. This one is not available for free. You'll have to pay a couple bucks to rent it. But take a moment. Get back into the mid-80s and, and and just go back on a ride with us to the video store and coming home <laughs> to watch something that you were the only one that was not allowed to watch. And now it's finally time. Yep, it is. And one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Okay, you know that. I do. Okay, so you're already more into this than I really thought you were. Five, six, get a crucifix. I'm not terribly certain that this is the last time that we see Larry Fishburne credited as Larry Fishburne. Aw, Larry Fishburne. But this this could be it. So we're going to go back to the next to last moment that Wes Craven would in intervene in this saga and we're gonna really get into what i personally feel from having watched most of the movies that were the most important movies of my childhood maybe once was the best of them all right well we'll see if it 
has all the hype. That's that's what we're doing. So thanks so much for tuning in again. Um, hope that you will follow us along. Um, Forbidden Cinema on Instagram. Forbidden Cinema Podcast on gmail.com. Share your stories. Tell us everything. And so we've had the time of our life. We have. Now we're going to be at the scare of our life. Tomorrow. (laughs) Who knows? Don't go to sleep. All right. I'm Zach. And I'm Jenny. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Bye.